Hi, my name's Shelley Flett. Welcome to the Dynamic Leader Podcast, where I share insights, experiences, successes, and failures with leaders from across a broad range of industries and business structures. I maintain that each of us needs to be open to sharing our experiences and making the leadership playground safe enough to fail, to grow, to have fun, and ultimately become more dynamic. So please sit back and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another Dynamic Leader Conversation. Today, I'm talking to banking professional Marley Amarasekara, who has been in both leadership roles as well as individual contributor roles throughout his career. Marley is this super optimistic, always open to trying new things kind of guy, and he doesn't appear to take things too seriously. And so today's conversation is about how perceptions of such individuals can lead to treatment that is suboptimal um, and it's suboptimal to their growth and their success in their role. So Marley, thank you so much for joining us for the conversation. No, Shelley, it's uh, it's good to be on your podcast. Um, geez, that introduction, I wouldn't mind you um, walking around with me and just introducing me um, like that to people. Uh, <laughs> people ask you Marley what's your elevator pitch let me just refer to Shelly she'll yeah, take that from here yeah just give me a tick I've got Shelly here she can just tell you all about it <laughs> <laughs> so Marley tell us share with us your your career journey because I think you've got a really awesome story to tell and I think that for any leaders I mean most of our listeners are leaders but for the leaders that are listening I think your your journey really provides some profound insights that I think leaders at all levels could could use. So tell us a bit about like when you went to the workforce and then you know your transitions. Yeah. So um, yeah, it is it is a journey, and like you always tell me, it's uh, it'll always continue, right? So um, yeah. So I started at Westpac uh, in two thousand and fourteen. So I've been at Westpac for seven and a half years now. So. The transition was just pretty pretty normal, I guess, for someone who finished university and um, did you know just decided I need to get a job. So <laughs> I was either looking at accounting um, or actually at that time it was only accounting uh, because I studied accounting finance and that's all I thought I was going to do. So my professor actually said, "You don't actually have the um, personality to <laughs> to do accounting." Yeah, right. So I didn't really, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe he's off me, but, um, <laughs> but I just um, was pretty determined to get in there. But then I was lucky enough to have um, a, part, a, a business partner who was working with us at a, a part-time company I was doing some, just some work with. And they actually suggested I'd apply for a bank. So I did. Um, and then, yeah, I, uh, seven and a half years later, I, I started. So I started in roles in just um, just your local uh, branch in Croydon, and there were roles uh, basically with customer service. And um, along the way, I did a business integrated role. So um, those two roles basically had the same principles, where you just had to deliver and and make sure our customers were getting, you know, assisted and sorted in the right manner. Um, and then within, I think it was about 15 months, I uh, got the nod to become a bank manager. So um, the, the journey within the retail aspect was, was really quick. Um, sometimes I didn't really get to 
look back on, you know, how far I essentially came. Because, um, you know, with, with uni, it was, it felt like it went forever. And then, you know, coming into, you know, um, you know, working life and doing the nine to five, um, I just felt like my journey was going pretty quick. So, um, yeah, so from 2016, I was a bank manager um, at Build. And um, I was very fortunate and lucky enough to, you know, um, held that position for three and a half years. And then um, it was only last year at March, I was, um, I, I did, the, I made the move, um, which was, yeah, I mean, I guess you know the journey, but it was very, it was very hard at the time to do it, um, to actually break off and actually uh, pull that trigger and, and try something new. But I was very fortunate I did so. Currently now I'm in the institutional bank at Westpac. Um, it is a totally different business, but um, the, the principles in terms of uh, customer service and uh, the operating aspect um, is just larger because it's just big companies, but mm. the principles very much align the same. Yeah, for sure. And how has the leadership that you've had throughout your journey impacted your um, performance and your confidence as you've kind of moved through roles? Yeah, um, I didn't realise you were going to come with all these good questions. <laughs> I thought it was going to be just some simple ones. <laughs> well, this is simplistic enough, Marley. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, look, the at the at the interim of um, when I started at Croydon, um, again, I was pretty, um, I was pretty much just looking at wanting to do either accounting or lending um, to do with it because when I had a look at the lending type roles, they had, you know, accounting and the kind of business stuff that I thought was what I would like. Um, it was only when I was starting to get my groove within the role as a just a customer um, sales operation person um, that my manager actually, she um, said in one of my one-on-ones that, I really think um, you have a pathway to go towards being a bank manager as opposed to a lending manager. And I was like, no, nah, I don't see it. Um, you know, I just want to do lending. So I was pretty, I was pretty black and white with her. But um, I was very lucky that that manager, she, she cared and she actually saw something that I didn't see. Yeah. And when she went away to Europe for six weeks, uh, she actually asked me to look after her branch. And it was only through there I, I enjoyed it. Um, it, was, it was actually pretty fun. It had about four branch tellers at the time. Now, I guess if anyone works in the bank, they'd be like, that doesn't exist. <laughs> and there was a home um, finance manager and um, there was a couple of sellers, so just like myself. So... Um, the so when when I was actually managing the branch, I had an opportunity to to understand um, in a in a greater um, context how a branch was was managed and run, and um, dealing dealing with the internal staff as well as the external um, was really good. But it kind of it, it kind of um, was more focused on the the people orientation as opposed to. Um, an outcome, you know, like providing a solution. So I actually did find it more easier to, to actually do the role because I, I found like I, 
I found it easier to, to deal with people as opposed to trying to yeah, sell something. So yeah, so it was only there that my, my boss actually suggested me to, to look for that next step in being a bank manager. So mm. yeah, so I am really fortunate for that for that initial step to happen because um, if she didn't care or if she didn't essentially put in some time with me, um, I could have just gone into another lending role and probably not liked it. So yeah. And so, and so leaders um, being able to see the potential in others and really amplify that and encourage them to explore some of the things that they they probably don't know that they're good at um, is really helpful in anyone's career, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's really helpful. So mm. it's just, um, yeah, I think unfortunately there are people, or I guess you know how businesses work, where you know, people might be put into a leadership role where yeah. it it may not suit them. Um, and, you know, when I first started as a leader, um, my boss, she was <laughs> she was really good. She she was across everything, um, really spoke to people in a, in a nice, concise, you know, um, gentle manner. But uh, when things needed to be done, she, you know, she would communicate that effectively. But looking at her and trying to um, replicate her, I just felt like you had to know everything. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, when I first started doing my management role, I thought I had to be the go-to person for everything. So, you know, I I virtually took over everything as opposed to stepping back and allowing people to grow or allowing people Mm -hmm. to to take the lead and and Mm -hmm. do their actual job instead of relying on, Mm. Um, so um yeah de- definitely things like that were encouraging to see after when you you see the trial and tribulations of how it takes place so outside of that what else and in hindsight um and even through leaders that you've got today what do you think is important for leaders to know in hindsight um or even even in in your current role you know yeah. what, what's important for them Look, I think, um, and I, I think sometimes time, like time, is in the essence. I know, like within the banking and financial industry, we, you know, we are a transactional-based business, so we are bounded by time to a certain mm-hmm. degree. So, but if you if you had a if you had a um, understanding of, you know, your your team or a person that you know directly reports to you, um, maybe find out what gets you know, what gets them motivated, what what stimulates them? These are all, I know, simple questions that have been asked anyway. But I guess just really understanding um, the, the person and, and who they are. What what are their passions? Are you into your footy? Are you into your sport? Do you knit? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, um, there, there are just many things that I guess people might do. And I think it's also, um, you know, establishing an environment where, as a leader as well, you can show your vulnerability. Um, now, I guess when I first started, I had an older RGM. and I, I don't think I ever saw his uh, vulnerability, but I saw his strength and I saw his demeanour. So, you know, when, when I take that, I, I, you know, I thought, you know, you had to show that you care, but you can't show your, you know, who, who am I? Um, but I'm asking you to show, you know, show yourself and tell me everything about you. So, 
you know, if I think about it now, it's like it makes sense as to why people found it found it a resistance barrier because well, why should I tell you who I am if you're not going to do the same, right? So yeah, um, yeah. So I think over those over the years, um, I found that as a manager to be um, to be incredibly rewarding when it came through, but also the the other um, the other side as well. It was difficult to actually try and understand, like you know, um, who are you? Like you know, what is the best that you like to do, or what mm. is you know, what are your passions? Mm. Um, what do you do outside of work, kind of thing? Because I think you know, unfortunately, there are you know, I guess working in the banking and financial industry, and if you've been there for a long time, you you kind of hear the same message, but it's probably been um, communicated differently. So that institutionalised manner is always going to be there. So it, it stems in how people take it. So, mm. yeah, so I guess f- from that perspective, it, it was hard to try and get out the best of people. But, you know, you, you take you take the best and, and you learn from that. So, and so, yeah. And so asking questions, getting to know about people at a personal level, stops it helps to deepen trust no doubt yeah Um, and it also prevents us from making assumptions about people that are maybe not all that accurate so you know tell us about some assumptions that leaders made about you that weren't accurate because I didn't know you well enough how long how long have you got (laughs) (laughs) give us give us your top top couple (laughs) Oh, I mean, I can I can even reel up the uh, school teachers as well. Um, it's just, I guess, from the from the first perspective, I guess, um, I don't think you know. I think it's unfair to to put the onus and um, and the responsibility on a leader to actually define who you are and what you should be doing as a person. I think, I mean, it's incredibly. It's incredibly hard to actually define who a person is. Um, our leaders don't have psychological degrees um, to to actually determine what what you actually think and how you feel and how that integrates with who you are as a person as well. So, but in in saying that, um, they will only know if you're going to actually tell them. So, um, so if I think back, um, the, the feedback that I've I've had. During during the years at work, and um, has always been, you know, you, you've had, you have the potential, but you you're not you're not actually you're not actually exceeding that, and um, you know, there, there's nothing that I can actually help you if if you won't if you're not actually going to tell me. So it it was hard because at times I felt like I never I didn't want to be there, mm. um, but. I had this security, um, you know, fear that if I told them that, look, I, you know, I love being working at the bank and, you know, I, I love, you know, working with people, but this actual particular job is, I just don't feel like it's my strength. Um, I was scared to say that because I thought I was going to get fired. It was just very black and white. So, um so what I used to do was, you know, I, I used to just have a look at the things that I was doing well in and I would just emphasise on that and and try and 
um, you know, agree with their with their um, expectations and as well as their ideas to, you know, to encompass that, yeah, their ideas are great and it's going to help. Um, but it, it just led me to, I guess, reaching to a, a level where it would come up and then, you know, the sustainability of holding that was, was always going to be difficult because it just didn't really align to my, my core strengths. So, yeah, so, I mean, sorry. So what, so what did, in hindsight, what, because I sort of am a firm believer in asking questions. Yeah. If your leader had have asked you some different questions to help you with that along the way, what kind of questions would they have been? I mean, to, to be brutally honest, they, they did ask the questions. They did say, you know, if there's anything wrong or, um, you know, what, um, what, what can I do to help you? Um, how can I help you? Um, how can I help to make your job better or easier? Um, you know, they're, they're very, they're very normal generalized questions to, to help, I guess, the job role capacity. Um, but I guess I was looking for something more deeper or meaningful. So I guess the questions would be just more based on, um, you know, is, I guess, you know, how are you as a, as a person, um, you know, um, what, what does, what does get you excited and um, what gets you going? Um, but again, I would have, I would have unloaded and I would have, uh, you know, reciprocated if the manager was willing to do that as well. So mm-hmm. if they were willing to, um, you know, go through that vulnerability and say, you know, you know, I've had issues with this and, and this is how I've gone through it. Um, very much when I, at the start of my management um, roles, it was more about, you know, my, my weakness and this is how you do it. And there was no really example. It was more like, you know, look at this person, this person's doing it. They've come there, they've done this, 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 and that's how they've got there. Mm. But there was no kind of, um, there was no kind of deep-seated like personal dialogue in terms of how it was done. It was just more, it was outcome-driven and it was, you know, metric-based and that's how they got there. So um, as in, you know, this is, this is the metric, this is the target, look over there, they're doing it, you do the same, that kind of thing. And But how that was, how that was communicated was, you know, make sure, and not make sure, but how, how they manage is, you know, they're, they're following up, they're, they're um, making sure with their sellers, they're, they're doing the, just doing the basics, doing it right. Again, it was more, it was more like on the core skill basis rather than the actual, you know, the interpersonal skills. Um, mm. So, I mean, if, if I did a, if I did a 360 degree view on myself and if I was the manager, I'd, I'd be like trying to understand, I guess, me as a person. What, why is it, you know, what, what's getting in the way in terms of why is it so difficult? And, mm. and then maybe give an example, look, you know, as the, as the boss to say, look, I've gone through some difficulties where I've just haven't had any issues, but like me personally, how I actually did it was, you know, I had to do it my own way. Like I had to do it a, you know, a way that was more comfortable for me. Mm. Um, but 
it's it's so hard. Like like I said at the start, I, I just you know the the pedestal of expectations on leaders to actually for them to actually you know be the be the guru of like um, this is how you do it and um, you know I'm gonna you know encourage you and motivate you to do, do it. It's it's such a hard role to do. Um, you know, let alone for yourself, but you know, for other people to get them, you know, motivated to go. So mm. yeah. Um, and you know, you so there's a, a bit about there um, being able to role model the behaviors that you want to elicit with your people. So if you're wanting to get something out of your people, then you've got to make sure that you're bringing that and being willing to really be open and explore that to its fullest potential uh, in order for the other person to feel safe enough to do that. Um, I like that you kind of go leaders shouldn't put too much pressure on themselves about being too responsible, uh, but it's about, it is about asking questions. It is about exploring things. Um, how do you, how do you see assumptions? You know, when you weren't, when you're having conversations with these leaders and um, you know, you weren't getting the results that you needed. Was there, was there assumptions that were made that weren't necessarily accurate or fair or, you know, that sort of got you questioning your own abilities at all? Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly did. And I mean, look, given, given the, uh, the environment and, and the world we live in sometime, you know, all we, all we base our performance on is, the metrics that you're essentially being paid to do. So, I've I've always um, I've always known that you know, given the role that I've I've done, um, mm. we are going to be at the end of the year or month to month. They are going to base it on those core metrics. So, I've had conversations where it's been consistent, where like you know, we've seen the we've seen the progress, but it's not it's not getting up to that level. So. And, you know, I've, I've had, you know, feedback of, you know, you're, you're not good enough. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get you to work with someone else so you can understand that um, and, and the, the disciplines around it. Um, you know, for that to happen, it was, if I, if I think about my ego, it was, it was, it took a bit of a blow because it's like, you know, like you know, I've I've been I've been doing this job for two and a half, three years, and and now you know you're saying that I'm not good enough, and and to make matters worse, we'll get you to work with someone else so you can help do their job and make their life a little bit easier. That's what my assumption was. Um, if I could take a step back and and look back, it was he's a guy who's crying out for help. Um, you know. I don't really want to burn this guy out. Maybe let's put him with someone who can actually help him and like develop and grow. Um, but being the the stubborn and um, <laughs> the uh, yeah the stubborn person that I was, I I didn't take that too well. And yeah, um, I think back and and like I said some things that I you know I, I probably regret saying, but at the time he didn't. He or she, sorry, uh, didn't didn't understand like my perspective. Um, you know, just only saw a metric, and and sometimes it's hard to say. But well, I deep down feel like they just didn't care to see the 
the environment of this person's what they're going through mm. um, and are making assumptions with the best person. And the the variance between the worst and the best, how can you possibly compare that? There's so many different variables and, and you know, um, outcomes that can actually make that or break it. So, yeah, it's... it's- such a good point, Marley. You know, we're constantly saying stop comparing yourself to others. This whole mm-hmm. imposter syndrome and, you know, I don't belong here because I don't fit the mould or I don't look or sound or, you know, act like other leaders or people that are doing my same role and, and this comparison. And I like to be able to look at others as a bit of a point of reference and go, what is it that they're doing and how can I model some of their behaviours? But knowing that I am unique and authentic and very individual in my own way and how I achieve needs to be right for me as opposed to, hey, Marley, look over there, look at what they're doing, just go do that is quite unrealistic and not even, not really sustainable, is it? No, it's, it's not because how, how I do things and how I interpret things, you know, if say if I was working with you, it could be way different because... You know, for us to do the same thing, um, our viewpoints would be different in mm. how we interpret that and actually provide it. So, um, you know, unfortunately, again, like as I said previously, the you know the time actually, if you if you're bound by time, sometimes the decisions that you make can be somewhat of a band aid fix. Mm. Um, and look, I mean, I don't again, I don't have any. I don't have any issues with how it was delivered. Um, to be honest, the um, the uncomfortable becomes the comfortable when you hear all these conversations. So, um, you know, he- hearing those things, you know, I, I look back now and the only thing that if someone is going through a situation like they are, um, you know, where the feedback could be where it's not good with, with the boss or whatnot, um, I think the most important thing is to have an external group of a support network. So, um, you know, I've had you and, um, you know, I had my family. Um, But having that neutral perspective to try and, you know, realign your strengths and who you are as a person, that needs to come out more. Because for me, um, when I was getting constant feedback, negativity, um, I was a shell of myself. Now, um, I um, and, and it's hard to talk about, but like I was, you know, I found it so hard to do the normal. Um, and I felt like, like you said, like you had that kind of imposter syndrome. So like I was trying to be someone that I wasn't um, and I was trying to do the things what others were doing because it was seen to be the best way. But again, it didn't align to my values and, and my strengths and I couldn't actually... I couldn't actually portray that, so yeah. it was it was very hard. It was a it was a very challenging time, um, and yeah, I, I felt like I was alone at times, which was. Yeah. So tell so tell us about where you're at now, because you're in a completely different space. Um, yeah. you've come a really long way in the past twelve months. Like, tell us a little bit about where you're at now, and and what have your realizations been? Yeah. Okay. Um, so lo- along the journey, I've had. I've always had um, issues with my focus <laughs> and I've had, um, and, and my mum, if she would ever listen to this, she, she, would, <laughs> she could confirm, um, I just had this 
hyperactivity element where I can I can focus on something, but but at the same time just be completely unaware of like my my surroundings. So um, which is kind of contradictory in its own element where you can you know you have focus issues, but when you do, you you know it's to another extent. So along the along the years, I've I have saw um, sort of um, psychologists where you know, I was just seeking out some kind of external help. And um, to be honest, um, I can't speak enough about it. It's, um, it's I still do it. Um, it's probably the best kind of, um, kind of sorted after advice that I've, I've had for me as a, as a person. Um, and, and to have someone who knows the actual, the, the personal traits and the, you know, the thoughts, the feelings, the, um, and that emotional intelligence that they can help interpret to you is is great. So, um, so uh, along the way, I had help with that, and um, it was later dog. Uh, it was later, sorry, um, identified that I had ADHD. Um, so, <laughs> which uh, my parents said they're not surprised, but yeah, at the age of thirty-one, um, to get told you have um, ADHD was. It was a little bit. Um, it was a, it was a bit frustrating, but to be honest, it was um, it was good to know that. Ah, oh, now I know why sometimes I have tendencies to do that, or now I know why I can't just sit in one place. So um, yeah, so that twelve month journey. It's been a year and a half now, I think. So it's um, it's been incredibly liberating, to be honest. Um, knowing you know a, a component of what makes you tick or what makes you see things or interpret things um, is, you know, is because of um, my condition. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. Um, I've been looking after myself in terms of like me um, mentally. So really enjoying the, the time that I have with myself. Um, I, I never used to. Uh, my my lovely fiance could probably confirm. Um, I just wanted to either be out of the house or just annoy her. It was really easy to annoy her. Um, but now, if I'm actually trying to read a book or do something, she's actually annoying me because she can't understand why it's so quiet. So, so yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a it's it's, it's like the role of the change a bit. Um, but yeah, look, the the last twelve months for me, it's been the hardest because I've had to kind of let my guard down and kind of say, hey, this is who I am. Um, even though people knew, probably knew me as who I am anyway, but it was my perception of what people thought of me was the actual hardest thing to actually try and eradicate. And it still is. I'm not going to lie. It still is. So even even this um, podcast or the like it was it's so hard to try and get out of it but having you try and push me through it it's, it's been good so yeah so they're the things over the last 12 months that have, have really helped me um just really be content on me as a person as opposed to seeing where I should be in the next five to ten years um yeah. it's probably taken some some stress levels back and some anxiety as well so it's, mm. it's been great to be honest yeah and does it allow you to go, actually, I'm capable of 
anything now, regardless of what anyone says, because now I understand a little bit better around how I operate and what it is that I need. And so you you develop different strategies based on, you know, your diagnosis with ADHD versus just go do what that other person is doing. Um, And so that in itself would be quite empowering. Yeah, it is. I mean, just just thinking back now, like if, you know, having that feedback and now that I know what my strengths are and how I and the reason why I see things is if I could have clearly articulated, hey, that's great what they're doing, but I can't actually, you know, I can't actually just sit there and do this, you know, for eight hours. You know, I need to be up moving and doing it at the same time because that actually stimulates my my mind mm. and it actually it actually calms my brain and I can actually focus and do things better. Mm. So, you know, when I think about that now and I have that relationship with my current boss because you know I, I told her about my condition and um and, and they were great. They they actually, you know, asked me, you know, in terms of, you know, what are your strengths? You know, they were asking the questions because I was the one who actually told them. So mm. um yeah it was it, it's fantastic once you kind of, yeah, you, you let go and say, hey, this is me. And, and yeah, you, you look, you might feel like, um, yeah, you might, you might feel like you're a bit weak. I know I did. Uh, I felt like, oh, shit, you know, they probably think I'm a, I'm a basket case. But, yeah, it's, it's been quite the opposite. They, they've mm. just been saying, well, how can we help? So, yeah. It's, and when you talk about assumptions, um, it's, a, it's amazing. It's, it's funny how you can assume what people would think of you even though you haven't actually given them the chance to do it um Mm. funny how your mind can be so unfair to people at times like I always thought you were mean to me yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly and and you know um it's it really highlights that I think leaders can probably take a little bit of pressure off themselves in that they don't need to know about this they don't need to necessarily be the ones that that um, I don't know that are the solution to your problem, but that they're the ones that can ask you questions and encourage you to go and explore a little bit more. So, what I am hearing about all of the things that you've done through your career, it's always been about how do I, how do I have a network that's outside of my leader and my team? How do I have access to the the support that I need and also that you were curious enough to go, I, I need help and I'm not going to stop until I get it. So, you know, from a, even individuals that are listening, if you're not getting what you need from, you know, your current environment, your current circumstances, and it doesn't feel right, then it's probably worth exploring other avenues because you exploring other avenues has led you to go, oh, this is what it's about. And now I can actually build strategies that will work and are not counterproductive to where I want to go. And so, you know, I'm hearing that um, you being curious along with um, leaders that are supportive and ask questions is really powerful. Yeah, it is. And um, I guess another way to look at it as well, Shell, is um, if you're actually willing to give yourself the time, so, mm-hmm. you know, finding that kind of external support network, it doesn't have to be you know, a psychologist, but whatever, you know, gives you that kind of neutral perspective and, and that solid foundation to really help you grow as a person. 
um, you know, a support network or support groups to it as well. So by having that other avenue and and allowing yourself to actually, you know, be yourself and actually put your hand up saying, hey, like, you know, I'm not good at this or, you know, these are my strengths. Mm. You're, you're working with your boss, not against your boss. And your boss will know who you are because you're, you know, you're actually allowing them to, uh, you know, to understand you. So mm-hmm. it kind of, it kind of reverses. And then, you know, then you understand why these people are leaders for a reason, because as soon as they actually understand who you are as a person, they might have the strategic um, solutions to actually help better your job. And I'm finding that now, um, you know, I have, um, my boss now and and my two up boss, um, like in terms of um, strategic ways of how to communicate and how to essentially articulate a message, um, but be stern at the same time. Um, I, I you know I've never I've never learned that way of how to actually communicate. So I, I and by me kind of expressing myself and saying hey I'm, I'm struggling at this. Um, They've helped me with that. And at times, I guess my ego is like, oh, you know, don't tell me that. Like, you know, I can do it. But just got to take that out because, you know, it's, um, it's, it kills me. So, but, yeah, it's, it's been really good. And, yeah, that's, that's one thing I found that, yeah, if you're willing to give yourself a chance, you'd be surprised how your bosses can actually help you or, or leaders for that matter. So, yeah. And, you know. and it's... um. And it's really this partnership. There's not really that hierarchy might exist on paper, but I don't really think that exists outside of that. Um, at the end of the day, you're two human beings who can learn from each other and grow. And if you're open to it, coming back to your point earlier about being vulnerable and just getting to know your people is there's no problem that is not solvable. And so you know, I think you really demonstrated that it's taken a while for you to be able to solve the problem that you had, but you were persistent and you were perseverant and you kept going and you were open with your leaders and where you are now is in such an amazing space compared to where you were, you know, two years ago. Uh, And I think that's just a really valuable lesson for leaders to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's, it's also probably important for people who, I guess, are aspiring to wanting to be a leader or wanting to take that next step, but also just understanding that, you know, you actually do have time and, you know, you just need to enjoy that journey as well, um, as cliche as it might sound. But, yeah, just, um, yeah, just really enjoying the time that you have. Um, yeah. I think I was reading a book, I think it was Think Like a Monk. Have you heard of that book by Jay Shetty so he he kind of explains how like you know in life that you're you kind of, you're in borrowed time it, it, you know the the day that you have now you're not going to get the same day the next day so mm. I kind of incorporate those kind of analogies in terms of living for the now as opposed to what happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future because in in previous times it, it's actually it's actually dented my my work um mm. because I've just been either anxious or just depressed because of things that have happened in the past or what might happen in the future so mm. yeah 
be present. That's yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Marley, that's a <laughs> thought. That is um, such a good note to, to finish on. You know, I think um, seeing you're such an inspirational person and, um, you know, seeing how you've kind of evolved over the last few years and where you are now is um, it's just amazing. And I think, you know, having a good network around you is really important as well as taking the time to work on yourself. And so, you know, to, to leaders out there, this is, this is the reason why we need to invest in um, growth and development, but not just at a skills level, at a um, interpersonal and a psychological and all, all the other levels that come with that. Uh, because it's it takes the whole person to be successful and not just this little component of who they are. So, Marley, thank you so much for joining Thanks. me for the conversation. I've really appreciated you sharing and being so open. And hopefully your mum does listen to this and she's really <laughs> proud of you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I look forward to another Dynamic Leader conversation with you soon. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Dynamic Leader. There is no better time than now to work through your leadership and people strategy, to establish what the future might look like for your business and how you might empower your people to help you succeed. It is through building the capability of your people and reducing their dependency on you that will keep you moving forward at pace and will see you remaining relevant in the future. I have worked with over 100 businesses across almost as many industries and seen firsthand the challenges that come with employing, engaging and managing staff. If you're looking to improve how you lead, why not reach out for a conversation? In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me and stay awesome.